Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. With me, your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, and um, I'm back, and uh, it is an Eagles <laughs> Victory Tuesday. Uh, yeah, they did it. The Eagles, in case you missed it, if you were living under a rock, or if I'm breaking the news to you for the first time, then I'm sorry because you missed a hell of a game on Sunday, are the NFC champions, and they are headed back to the Super Bowl for the second time in the last five years and have an opportunity to capture the franchise's second Super Bowl uh, all in the last five years. And it is a euphoric time here in the city of Philadelphia, and it's a euphoric time for the Eagle faithful. Um, But I'm having some problems, and we're going to get into those problems tonight on the show. about about the sense of this, uh, the feeling that I'm feeling about this, it doesn't seem the same. And there's there's a couple of factors out there that are kind of affecting that, and we'll get into those factors. We're going to talk a little bit about the game itself, a 31-7 beatdown of the third-string quarterback-led San Francisco 49ers. Yes, he was a third-string quarterback. I don't care um, if the Eagles won or if they lost. He's still a third-string quarterback. It would obviously be a lot worse if they lost. But, you know, am I saying it cheapens the fact that they beat the third-string quarterback? No, but he's a third-string quarterback, and that's uh, maybe he's a backup next year. Um, that's, of course, if his UCL joint deals. But right now, he's a third-stringer. And the Eagles uh, knocked him out, and then they beat the four-string quarterback. So uh, t- say what you want about it. Uh, and you're right. It's not the Eagles' fault that that's who they played against because they don't, you know, they don't construct the 49ers roster. That's their coach of the year candidate Kyle Shanahan's job, but they still went up against who they went up against. And then we're going to also explore uh, the narrative about the pathway. You know, the ease, this is the easiest pathway to the Super Bowl of any team in the history of the NFL, which I find a hard sell there because I don't know how you research that. Uh, You'd have to go back through every Super Bowl winner and then track their wins and losses throughout that season and then kind of come up with a formula to kind of determine that. I don't get that kind of time on my hands. Uh, I do know what I saw this season from the Eagles, and I do know what kind of opponents they played this year. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we'll also get into some um, random thoughts about the game uh, versus the Kansas City Chiefs, because as we know, on the other side or the other conference, the Chiefs in a game that was laden with penalties and laden with official um, uh, interference, I guess, <laughs> Uh, defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to earn their way back to the Super Bowl. And that means Andy Reid. That's right. You, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles versus Andy Reid. Can't get any better than that. And, of course, the Kelsey brothers and, and, and all the other stories that are going to be sickening uh, by the time we get the kickoff here in 10 days. But uh, a lot to get into tonight and, and, and a lot to enjoy and digest and, and discuss as we are have landed on the Eagle Victory Tuesday show. Hey, listen, I'm better. You know, at least it's not Thursday, or at least not Friday, or at least it's not right before the pregame of the <laughs> next game. So I'm getting better. Uh, this is also a very special night here on the podcast. Uh, it's my 200th episode, folks. 200 of these bad boys. Now, I've had multiple part episodes throughout my run here. Uh, we're wrapping up the third season of the show. But um, if you want to count them singularly as one episode like one uh show regardless of how many parts there were it's 200 
and that's and tonight's the 200th episode of the podcast and i'm going to start off the show with that uh because that to me is really the most important aspect of tonight because there's a lot of people out there uh and a lot of things that have happened to me since then that if i hadn't taken the opportunity or the chance or listened to somebody who gave me uh some some advice I wouldn't be sitting here right now, and all the good things that podcasting has, uh, and it sounded like I'm opening the show on that that little pre-recorded message you guys hear, but um, some of the opportunities that have been presented to me because of what I've done on this podcast, and there's a lot of people to thank. To thank. I did it on my 100th episode, and there's more people that can be added to that list now because 100 episodes later, uh, I'm in a whole different place with this. So uh, let's get into that. Um, so April 18, 2020 is, is a, a date that will live in my podcasting infamy world. That was the day that I decided to sit down in front of a computer, turn on a microphone, and lay down my very first podcast. It's out there still. If you go into the library of the show, all the way back there, season one, episode one, uh, you can listen to that. I believe it was called Talking Sports with Maddie B at that time. I think that was our first um show title we switched it to talking philly sports with maddie b the very next show but that was what we let off with and uh and it was a uh obviously a whole new world you know when you're sitting there especially by yourself because doing this thing with other people and interviewing people or doing host co-host type thing that's a whole it's a lot easier you know you're kind of rolling with what you're talking about you're kind of feeding off each other but when you're up here by yourself and you're trying to, to yammer on for X amount of time. You know, it, it takes a little bit of preparation. It takes a little bit of confidence. And it takes a little bit of clear thinking. And it's not easy. And you learn as you go. And I'm still learning. And uh, I look, I listen to some of those early shows. And I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed by them. But definitely you can see the growth over the years. But, um, but yeah. Lay down my first episode on April 18th, 2020, and here I am, 199 episodes later, with episode number 200, and obviously, going back in time, the first person, thank, uh, is the person that started it, you know, uh, very infamous story about how it all began, of course, we all remember what life was like in the spring of 2020, uh, during the quarantine and COVID, and not working or going outside or going anywhere because everything was closed um i found myself with a lot of time on my hands and that majority of that time has was was spent listening to sports talk radio out in philadelphia and um i had just retired from the army and i was also going through some personal issues at the time so i was in a complete like reevaluation of everything in my life um my career as I had known it for the last 30 years was over. Uh, my life, as I had known it for the past 16 years, had ended. And things were completely, and I was stuck in the middle of quarantine. So talk about, you know, uh, going from the frying pan to the fire. You know, uh, I was dealing with all that, and then I had all this time in my hands to think about all that. So I was able to spend the majority of my days listening to the Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, and one day, uh, listening to a guy, and, and there, there, there's multiple hosts that were on that network at that time, and most of them are still there. Some of them aren't. 
But one that was there at the time was a guy named Vince Quinn. And I was listening to Vince. He would do a lot of the overnight stuff uh, or the very late night stuff. This was back before they had settled on John Johnson as the replacement for Big Daddy Grand. It was it was kind of a fill-in uh, every every night. Somebody new would jump on. And Vince had a lot going on with that show at that time. And I would listen to Vince. So I started to follow him on Twitter. Now, I was new to Twitter, too. I was new to all that stuff then. I wasn't really big into social media. Uh, and there was a reason for that, and that reason became known after I got into list, uh, being involved with social media. There's a lot of garbage on social media. And um, I've blocked probably 10 times more people than I follow <laughs> throughout the years on Twitter. And really, all I use it for is for sports now. Nothing on that thing is worth a damn at all. But uh, some good stuff about sports and listen to some of that. But anyway, back then, I was following Vince. And one day, Vince had put out a text or, or a message or a tweet. He was looking for some people to start up a little podcasting venture to get people through the quarantine. And it was going to be just a standard a couple guys sitting around a microphone just kind of talking sports. And it was hard because there was no live sports then. And uh, he was looking for some people to do it with him. So... You know, again, sitting at home, nothing to do, all kinds of time on my hands. I said, you know what, Vince? I responded to the tweet. I said, I am not a podcaster. I've never done it, but I love sports, and I think I can talk about it. And I sent the tweet out. Now, how many times in your life have you sent messages, emails, left messages, whatever the case is, and you never really expect people to kind of, and, you know, or someone's left you a message, and you're just like, yeah, listen to it, delete it and you move on about your life. You never even think about responding to it. Uh, I've done it bazillions of times, and I'm sure I'll do it bazillions more times. But in this case, Vince responded. Now, Vince didn't know me from Adam, and I've become close with Vince over the years, or we're friends now, but at that time, he didn't know me. And he responded back by saying, hey, thank you for your interest, but I'm looking for established guys. I'm looking for guys that have done it, but here's X, Y, and Z on how to do it. Go do it lay down some episodes, and let me know how it goes. So you know what? I thought about that, and I said, why not? <laughs> why not me? Why, why can't I do it? So I went out, bought me the, and my friend, I still have it. It's up on my shelf now. I no longer use it, but my very first microphone, uh, I was using my laptop computer, and uh, the same computer that I use today, actually. But I have a little bit more sophisticated gear. Uh, over the years, it's got some things happening with me, but I went out and I laid down that first episode. And what has happened to me since was a whole new world. Uh, some mostly positive, some negativity, but mostly positive. I met some people along the way. Vince um, had the opportunity to interview my childhood hockey idol, uh, Brian Propp. Um, Howard Eskin has been a guest on uh, my other show on the on the edge of Philly sports um, a couple times, um, you know, multiple uh, people from WIP have come on and, and, and spent some time talking to me. And this is back in the early days, man. This is back when I was still figuring out, you know, how to do this. And these guys took their time out of their lives and, and their schedules to come out and do this for me. And I, I, I just kept laying down episodes, laying down episodes every week, doing two or three a week, you know, just kind of just doing the reps, right? And um, we got to the beginning of the Eagle season that year, and I needed a hook. And again, dwelling upon my uh, calling in with WIP, 
I became close with Kyle Quinn, who was a, who is a producer on that network. Because uh, I used to call in all the time, and lots of times I would talk to him, and we got to, you know, a friendship. And I asked him to come on a few times prior to that and be a be a guest on my show. And Kyle would come on, and we would cut it up about random things. And then I was like, you know what? I need a I need a host. I need a co-host for Eagles pregames. And I went out on a limb and I said, Hey, Kyle, would you want to do it? And he said, Yeah. So every Sunday for the 2020 season, he would come on and he did the pregame show with me. Then I asked him to come back in 21. Came back in 21, did the pregame show. I asked him to come back this year, and he's done it. Uh, we're now kind of, we work together on EOP now. I mean, Kyle opened up a lot of doors for me. He is definitely one of the people that need to be thanked. And then, of course, what led from Kyle was my association and uh, partnership with the Edge Sports. Uh, Kyle was working with them. Um, so I started listening to them. I reached out one night about a year change ago to Big Al Zafiri, who's one of the co-owners of EOP. And I said, listen, uh, this is who I am. This is what I do. And uh, if you want to grow your network, <laughs> you need to bring me along. So Al contacted me again, answering a message from a guy he didn't know, from Adam, and gave me a shot. And that's all I can ask for. You know, that's all you can ask for is an opportunity. What to do with those opportunities are yours. And I was able to do the best with it. And now I have uh, my own show on EOP. And I also uh, host three or two other um, post-game shows, the uh, Fight is Final for the Phillies and the Clear of the Ice for the Flyers. So uh, Al, you know, I, I, there's no way I can thank Al for what uh, where I am now. Right. And then there's the other individuals from WIP that I had the opportunity to talk with. Some of them I don't speak to anymore. Some of them I've grown. Um, I don't agree with some of their views on certain things. And I've stopped listening to them and they've stopped listening to me. But that happens. But I'm also not going to forget that they gave me their time at, at one point. And, uh, and I can never repay that. So there's been a lot of people that have supported me. My, my, uh, my fiance now, uh, Nina, has been a, a huge supporter in all this. There's just too many people out there to thank and, and, and to say thank you to. You know, 200 episodes. Never thought I'd be. And where I have gone, where, where I've come from or where I'm at now, you know, if I look back over the 200 of them, I've come a million miles away and I know that I'm not done yet. And there's millions of more miles to travel on this road. But when you hit a milestone and you take a pause to kind of look back on that and what you've accomplished and what you've done already and, and, and what you've, what you've achieved, it just kind of makes you go, you know, it, it, it kind of definitely validates taking chances and that's all you can do. You, you take a chance, you do your best and you kind of go from there. So, I want to thank everybody out there who's been involved, who's listened. I want to thank everybody that's come on the show that, uh, that, you know, will still come on the show. And those who I haven't talked to yet on the show, the future guests, uh, everybody that's really been a part of what's made me, um, on the road to success. I got a lot more work to do, but I'm definitely on my way and happy 200th episode to the talking Philly sports with Matty B podcast. Um, I could not be happier to be part of this and to be the originator of it, the creator. And uh, it's been a great 200 episodes. 
here is to 200 more and uh and yeah so folks now that i spent about literally the first half of the show gushing about me let's get on to some football on sunday the eagles and the niners boogie down with a trip to the super bowl at stake the eagles came into this game the number one seed in the in the nfc and the 49ers were the number two seed but they had some baggage they were down to their third string quarterback trey lance gone for the year jeremy garofalo gone for the year Boom, enter Brock Purdy, seventh-round draft pick. Last player taken in the 2022 NFL draft was now the man of the hour. He was making his eighth start, and he was 7-0 in his previous seven. Uh, to include the win over the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round that propelled the 49ers into that game against the Eagles. He was, of course, opposed by the Eagles, <coughs> who had dismantled the Giants the week prior, 38-7. Uh, we're coming into this game having checked off a lot of the boxes that were concerning Eagle fans about the health of the team, Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson specifically. And we were looking for a game that I think a lot of people were really kind of um, uh, not concerned, not confused, kind of unsure of. I think the, the consensus was the Eagles were going to win. But what game, what kind of game it was, I don't think a lot of people knew. Uh, and this game was really all the hype around it, all the uncertainty about Brock Purdy turned out to be a pretty um, def defining game because, you know, the way things worked out, obviously the Eagles um, right off the bat take the opening drive up the field, score a touchdown. Not the prettiest of drives to start games off that they've had all season long, but it was effective. Highlighted, of course, by that fourth and three on the 49 or 35, the, the catch by Devontae Smith on the sidelines that, Really wasn't a catch, but the Eagles had the wherewithal to get back up on the line of scrimmage fast enough to where the 49ers could not look at the play without burning a timeout, which they were not prepared to do that early in the game. Uh, the play got off. The next play was snapped. Obviously, upon further review, it was not a catch. 49ers missed an opportunity. Eagles go down a few plays later and score. The next possession is when Hassan Reddick bends the elbow back of Brock Purdy hyperextends it, turns out it was a UCL joint tear or UCL ligament tear, knocks him out of the game. Uh, the play that that happened on was initially ruled an incomplete pass. Eagles reviewed that, overturned. It was a fumble to get the ball back. They didn't do anything with it, kicked the ball back to the 49ers. 49ers had their one lone offensive uh, bright spot of the, of, of, of the day, the best drive they had, capped off by a beautiful 30-yard Christian McCaffrey run, 7-7. Uh, Eagles then get the ball back and go on a methodical 14-play drive that took up just about the entire second quarter. Uh, put me to sleep literally for about five minutes. End of that drive was a 14-7 game. Then the next possession or a couple possessions later, the big Josh Johnson fumble at the end of the first half leads to another Eagle touchdown, 21-7. Uh, Eagles go into the half with the lead. And then I was thinking, coming out of that half that the that the 49ers would throw everything they had at the Eagles. They would they should have known by then that Brock Purdy was not going to be able to come back and, and be effective. So I was really expecting to see Christian McCafferty under center as the quarterback of the 49ers because I know if I'm going out, it certainly ain't going to be uh, with Josh Johnson. No. I'm going out with my best weapon, my best offensive playmaker, uh, the guy that can do it all. And I'm going to give him an opportunity because what's the worst that's going to happen? We're going to lose what well, we are uncertainly going to lose or most certainly are going to lose with Josh Johnson. That's not what Kyle Shanahan did. 
came back out with his four-string quarterback, and, well, the second half was really just going through the motions because the 49ers had quit by that action. And the Eagles find themselves 31-7 winners onto their fourth Super Bowl in franchise history, and they will meet the Kansas City Chiefs, who by virtue of a very, as I mentioned, you know, heavily officiated influence game with penalties, questionable calls, reigns supreme, and then that bad penalty at the end of the game by the Bengals, with the late hit out of bounds on Pat Mahomes, drove the ball up, given the 15 additional yards that the Kansas City Chiefs used to kick the game-winning field goal, get into the Super Bowl 23-20 winners, setting up the matchup between Andy Reid, the winningest head coach in Eagle history, and the Kelsey brothers in Super Bowl 57. And what I'm feeling since we've won the championship game has been nothing more than like kind of uneasiness. It's been a celebration, but it's not been the same that I remember from 2017 or 2005 or 1981. It's been different. It's been very tempered. It's been very low-key. It's been very rushed, very going through the motions. Like, you know, it just doesn't seem raw. It doesn't seem unbridled. It doesn't seem emotion. There doesn't seem to be any of that. And I don't know if it's because it's only been five years since we were there before. I don't know if it's because we feel as if this is, you know, unfinished business. We got to win a suit. I, I don't know the feel. I don't know why it's like this, but I just don't feel as amped up as I did in 2017. Is it because I'm not a believer of this team and I haven't been all season and all that? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe that's part of it. And I've said this on my other shows that part of my, um, crusade, so to speak, to get Howie Rosen fired, has really kind of chopped into my enjoyment of the season. And I haven't really been able to kind of give myself to it. And it's been hard. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, I don't know. But I do know that what we've been calling for all season long is that test. Right? The test to see once and for all if the Philadelphia Eagles are real. We've been seeing this all season. We've been talking about this all season. We, we, we had the Vikings. Oh, that's the test. Nah, no, it ain't. We had the Titans. That's the test. Nah, no, it ain't. We had the Cowboys. That's the test. No, it ain't. And I got it. It's not because these teams weren't good. They weren't that good. And that's not because of the Eagles. The Eagles didn't. That had nothing to do with the Eagles. That had everything to do with these teams not putting together strong enough teams. The NFL, in general, was not a strong league. You had about three or four really, really good elite teams and then the rest were just good to mediocre and bad. That was it. Not much parity this year for whatever reason, and I don't know the reason. And I looked at the Eagles' schedule. I went back and looked at it and said, okay, well, maybe this easy pathway to the Super Bowl or easiest pathway to the Super Bowl, I, I don't know how you can assess that. So I did some like real little research, but I, I, I kind of dove into it a little bit. So out of the 17 opponents that the Eagles played this year, uh, 10 of them had records, ended up with records at 500 or better. The Eagles were 8-2 and two in those games. And four of those teams were playoff teams. Okay? And they beat all four of them. With the exception, of course, Dallas, where they beat and lost them once. But The Eagles also played seven teams that had records of 500 or below 500. Not 500, but below 500. They were 6-1 and one against those teams. Um, okay, so that's miss, mission accomplished. But where it really kind of stands out is the overall record. The overall record of the Eagle opponents in 2022 
was a stunning 103, 103 wins, 135 losses, and four ties. To me, that tells the story right there, that the NFL was just not a good league, and especially the NFC was not a good conference. And the Eagles are benefactors of that because they put together the best roster and they had the best opportunity and they took that opportunity. They shouldn't be discredited. They did what they had to do. But now that test will finally come because all throughout this season, I've been saying left and right, <coughs> there's about three or four elite teams out there. The Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs. Well, now we get an opportunity to play one of those elite teams. And we get to play a team that's built for sustained winning. We get to play a team that's coming off their own Super Bowl championship within the last three years. We get to play a team that's head coached by the winningest head coach in our franchise's history. We get to play a team that's predicated on drafting well, developing well, and sustained winning versus the philosophy of our GM, which is pray to God, catch lightning in a bottle, and make the right free agent signings. So we're going to finally see where this thing kind of bottoms out. We're going to wait and see. We're going to see what side of this is the right side. Was Howie right all along, or is Andy Reid's way of building an NFL team still the way it should be? And it's all going to come to fruition here in two weeks in Arizona, and I cannot wait. But enjoy this. Enjoy this game for what it was. We got ourselves an NFC championship. It's the fourth one in our history. We are going back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in our history, and we have an opportunity to win our second Lombardi Trophy to establish that new norm that we were promised five years ago. And I couldn't be happier. Kind of. Because I'm still not feeling it. And again, I don't know why. I'm trying to work through it, man. Give me a break. <laughs> so listen, folks. Uh, real quick, down and dirty, 200th episode. We got ourselves an NFC champion. We got a Super Bowl. We got a lot going on. We don't have any hockey to talk about. Flyers are on their NHL-mandated break and all-star break. Phillies are about two weeks away from the start of spring training. And I will promise to bring back the Sixers because they are playing some amazing basketball other than the game the other night. I know I said I wasn't going to talk to them until they fired Glenn Rivers, but they're not going to fire them. And we're getting to that point of the season in the NBA where I got to start taking notice because it's it's starting to kind of you know develop. So we're going to get back into all that, and I promise we'll be back later this week at the end of the week, probably around Thursday, with another episode where we'll talk a little bit more about those other things, throw in some more Super Bowl talk, and then, of course, next week, Super Bowl week, we'll get you covered leading up to the game on Sunday. Kyle Quinn will be back at some point right before the Super Bowl, and we'll do another pregame show. And we'll reveal our final, the pick, the, the, the numbers are in, folks. Um, Kyle and me, who, you know, we do the pregame every year, or we do a preseason, like, prediction show every season, right? And uh, it's over. The numbers are in. I will reveal who picked the better of the teams, who had the best correct predictions, and what numbers worked out for who. You're going to be surprised by these results, folks. I promise you that. You need to tune in. That'll be revealed on the next show with Kyle. It'll be on our Super Bowl pregame show. And that and a lot more as we get ready for the big game in two weeks. Until then, again, I want to thank everybody for making the last 200 episodes of this show a success and all the doors that it has opened for me and all the paths that it has led me on. Um, 
you know, as I said, here's the 200 episodes and, you know, here's the 200 more. And uh, I, I, I feel blessed to be part of it. So thank you very much. We'll talk to you later in the week. Go Birds.